When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Baseball season's back, and the New York Mets win on opening day. I just finished. I was live. It is pouring in New York. I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but as I record this, it is a crazy, crazy rainstorm, but a nice victory on opening day as the Mets beat the Washington Nationals. The dominance on opening day continues. I am not negative to say if you win on opening day, that means the season's going to go down the tubes. I'm not a believer. If you recall last year, the Mets lost a brutal game on opening night. It was a weird opening day because everyone else had played a handful of games, and the Mets went to Philadelphia. I was in the building that night. Jacob DeGrom's dominating. The Mets go to the bullpen. Bullpen blows it. They can't score runs, and they lose to the Phillies. And then we spent, you know, 100-plus days in first place. So... The results on opening day don't actually matter, but it feels good to start a season with a win, and it feels good to see things that are so different than the things we saw the last couple of years, like hitting with runners in scoring position. It was their biggest issue in 2020. It was a huge issue a year ago, and today they came through with big hits. Today we saw the Mets. Now look, initially when they finally broke through for runs in the fifth and sixth inning, they did it with a James McCann hit batsman. <laughs> they did it with a Starling Marte ground ball. Should have been a double play, but Michael Franco makes a terrible throw. But then you saw Mark Connor come through with a clutch hit. You saw Jeff McNeil come through with a clutch hit. You saw Francisco Lindor a few innings later dunk in an RBI single. And we saw this Met team at least put a couple of runs on the board. But the star of this game is clearly Tyler McGill. Tyler McGill has handed the baseball on opening day. What an honor. 2022. A sound decision by Buck Showalter realizing, look, I'm not going to mess around with Max Scherzer with this hammy. I'm not going to screw everyone else up in this rotation. I'm going to hand the ball to Tyler McGill because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who starts opening day. And Tyler McGill was so, so freaking impressive. And there's two things he did besides the stuff, besides pumping up 97, 98 mile an hour fastballs. There were two sweet sequences in this game in which McGill showed something Buck Showalter talked about before the game that he's got the low heart rate, as he said. Number one, Francisco Lindor, who forgot how to throw the ball to first base in this game, makes a bad, bad error in the second inning. And here comes Met killer Makel Franco with first and second, one out, second inning. You could totally see after that Lindor era, McGill getting flustered. Franco, who's got 20 career home runs against the Mets, beating the Mets again. And instead, very first pitch, he rolls one over into a 5-4-3 double play. Clutch, I've got balls moment number one by Tyler McGill. Here's moment number two, and I think this is the one that probably jumps out at you more. And that's after he gives up that infield hit to Cesar Hernandez and the Nationals have runners on. I think it was first and third with one out. Here comes Juan Soto and Nelson Cruz. The two guys in this lineup 
that put the fear of God into you, specifically Juan Soto, and eventually we'll all feel it with Nelson Cruz. But as what has essentially been a career American League player, he hasn't really killed us. He hasn't shoved it up our derriere. That'll come. Don't worry. But Juan Soto, who I can't even just call a Met killer. The guy kills everybody. First and third, one out, 0-0. You could picture Soto parking one to left center field. He's so good going the other way. You could see him doing what he did in the sixth inning, which is hitting an absolute bomb that still hasn't landed. And Tyler McGill pumped a 2-2 fastball right by him. And then he gets Nelson Cruz out. You know, you get Juan Soto out, great. There's two outs in first and third. Doesn't mean Nelson Cruz can't hit one 400 feet. That was your moments. Those two, the second inning, getting the double play on Franco, the third inning, striking out Soto and getting Cruz to ground out. There's your performance by Tyler McGill. He retired everybody he faced after that. Just a brilliant, brilliant performance. It's opening day. It's the first weeks of the season. I'm not going to go nuts about the fact that he was taken out after five innings and 68 pitches when it looked like he probably could have continued. I don't know if it was the pitch count and being careful or if it was, hey, third time around the order, we don't want to mess around. But it is opening day. You've got the freshest bullpen you're going to ever have. I'm not pissed about it at all. I'm just pointing it out because I'm sure... It was on all of our minds, but a great performance by Tyler McGill. And here's the good news for him. He's got a rotation spot. And you can mark my words on this. If he pitches well, if he is the Tyler McGill that we saw over the first seven starts last year when he was first called up, and I think it was late June, if he's that guy, he's going to stay in the rotation. You'll make it work. If this team is ever fully healthy and DeGrom is back, don't worry. You pitch, you will remain in the rotation. It's one of those issues that's not even worth discussing. It will take care of itself. But he was really, really impressive. And he also threw strikes. I mean, how many times in this game, and I have the answer, so this is rhetorical. How many times in this game did Tyler McGill even get to a three-ball count with any batters? The answer is zero. He pounded the strike zone. Trevor May wasn't great. Adovino looked good. Lugo, for the most part, was good. And Edwin Diaz was fine. Met pitching today issued one walk. That's what you want to see. One walk in this entire game by Met pitching. So the pitching was outstanding. I mentioned the clutch hitting earlier. Look, the thing that annoys you, and you got to figure out how you want to handle this, is the fact that the Washington Nationals hit three Mets. Look, the James McCann one, you you kind of put that one away. 2-2 count, bases loaded. Obviously, him getting hit by a pitch, not that big of a deal. So you almost want to eliminate that one. But McCann got drilled one batter later. And then obviously, Pete Alonso took a scary, scary one up and in. It's weird because the Nationals are not throwing at the Mets. And I think the Mets know that. You know, we did see it on TV, Starling Marte saying you hit three guys, you hit three guys. To me, you really hit two guys because I take that first McCann one out. But okay, the Nationals... Uh, could have killed somebody. No doubt about it. Whether it was the second McCann won by Anderson Machado or it was the one that came up and in on Pete Alonso by Mason Thompson. Dangerous, scary crap. But what should you do about it? I mean, you really want Max Scherzer in game two of this series just drilling Juan Soto for the sake of it? I mean, I get it. It's baseball. 
that's what happens. But it's one of those things where when, when managers or players get annoyed that a team is drilling your team way too often, I don't know, you got to look at the perspective on it. The Nationals just suck. I mean, Anders Machado and Mason Thompson are probably not major leaguers. So they're not any good. But it'll be interesting. It's worth keeping an eye on to see if the Mets do anything about this over the next few days. It's fascinating to think about Max Scherzer doing something, especially considering he's facing his former team. (coughs) A couple of other things. I I said it with Craig on the show in the afternoon. And I want to make this clear, because if you hear me ripping a lineup, you think, oh my God, that's it. The Mets are going to lose. I may not like a lineup. It doesn't mean it's going to backfire. It doesn't mean it's going to be the reason they lose this game. You know, if I don't like a lineup, I'm not predicting Robinson Cano is going to go over five. I'm just telling you, hey, this is a little weird. Why isn't Dom Smith in the lineup? Why is Robbie Cano playing second base? But it's not, that's neither here nor there. Does that make sense? I'm pissed tired. I don't even know. Look, I just want to give credit where credit is due. Robbie Cano, and here's where I give him the most credit, the bunt base hit in the fifth inning. That was, you could argue, of all the offensive plays in this game by this Met team, and they ended up with 12 hits, they scored five runs, the biggest offensive moment was Robinson Cano starting the fifth inning, seeing the third baseman back and realizing, not just back, but basically playing shortstop, hey, if I can get a bunt down, we have a leadoff man on. And that sets things up because even though it's the bottom of the order, your bottom of the order is Marcana, Jeff McNeil, 7-8. Those are pretty good hitters. So I loved it. I thought that was a great move. So while I may not have wanted him in the lineup, <laughs> and I stand by that, I think Robinson Cano laying down that bunt base hit in the fifth inning was monumental because then you follow it up with a can of walk, you follow it up with a McNeil hit, and boom, you're set up with bases loaded, nobody out, and that's how the Mets get their first two runs of the game. So, really good job by Robinson Cano laying that bunt down. In the previous inning, if you recall, Eduardo Escobar hit that double and Pete Alonso was sent by Joey Cora. I thought it was a great send. I don't think there's any complaint over that. Uh, the Nationals needed to execute perfectly. And I guess we'll give credit to that pain in the ass, Alcides Escobar. He made a great throw home. Obviously, Alonso, not tripping, but stumbling slightly, cost them. But it was a very smart send. If, if it's going to take a perfect, perfect play to barely throw a guy out, and we still don't even know if they threw him out because we haven't even seen a good replay on this to see if Pete snuck in, if everything needs to be perfect and the guy's barely out, you pretty much made the right call. This wasn't Phil Nevin at Fenway Park, knowing Joey Gallo's coming up. No, this was simply, look, Let's dare this young Nationals team to make a perfect play, and they did. I don't understand how we couldn't see a conclusive replay on that. And once you couldn't see a conclusive replay, you sort of know, all right, they're not going to overturn this. And luckily, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because Tyler McGill quickly and promptly threw one, two, three inning, and the Mets were able to get runs on the board. But good send, fine send just didn't work out. Uh, I was... Certainly not mad about this, but I was curious. And they brought this up on the broadcast, too, with J.D. Davis's at-bat in the fifth inning. You have pulled Patrick Corbin, and the reason J.D. Davis is in this lineup 
is because he owns Patrick Corbin. Now you've got a righty and Victor Arano on the mound. Do you pinch it for J.D. Davis? And the reason why I would have leaned yes on it, and, and obviously Buck didn't, not a big deal. J.D. did ground into a double play, had a double later in the game. But the only reason why I would have leaned towards, yeah, you pinch it for him, is this. You've got five guys on your bench. Four of them are lefties, one of which you kind of throw out in Tomas Nito. He's your backup catcher. So you got four lefties on your bench. It's the DH spot that you're pinch hitting for. So position's not really a big deal. And because you no longer have the pitcher spot, you got to think to yourself, okay, well, what, where and how am I saving these guys for? Robbie Cano certainly is one, and we saw that late in the game. Robbie Cano, I'm going to take him out for either a pinch runner or I'm going to take him out for defense, and I think Janikowski fits that perfectly as we saw because Janikowski is a plus defender. It easily allows you to move Jeff McNeil into the infield. Okay, fine. So you take Janikowski to the side. Really, the guy to use was Dom. Now, considering Pete Alonso had to come out of the game later, it worked out well because things would have gotten a little bit more clunkier if you needed to take Pete out and Dom was already in the game at DH. But Gary Cohen brought this up on the broadcast, and it's it's a good point. It's not a perfect comparison, but it's worthy of talking about. The Giants were the ultimate platoon team, and watching Gabe Kapler last year was fascinating. He never hesitated, no matter how early in a game, to take someone out, to kind of play the platoon game. J.D. Davis is a the definition to me of a platoon player. He is not going to play every single day. I think we all know that. In fact, you may wonder, how's he even going to get enough at-bats? So it's just one of those scenarios where, and again, I'm not complaining about it. I just think it's an interesting discussion. It's a worthy discussion of when is it or is it ever too early to say, all right, the guy he owns is out of the game. Now it's righty-righty. I've got four lefties on the bench. I'm probably not going to have to use many of these guys because I don't have a pitcher to pinch hit, why not go and get a better kind of spot in that fifth inning? Because think about it, and obviously it it worked out because the Mets ended up scoring runs in the sixth inning and won this game 5-1. to one. But in that point of the game, it's a 2-0 game. You have a chance for more. You could potentially have Dom Smith against Victor Arano as compared to J.D. Davis. He opted to stick with J.D. J.D. grounds into the double play. No big deal, Mets win the game anyway. But it's worthy of thinking about as this season rolls on because there's no pitcher hitting anymore. And I wonder if it should change the way you use your bench. It would for me because most of the time, when are you going to use your bench? Off the top of my head, when Cano's in the lineup, yes, you're going to take him out. But if he's DHing, you're not going to be in a rush to take him out. If he's playing second base... You probably are. James McCann, I think, is a guy. Uh, as this season goes on, depending on how he hits, he was the one guy. I think he was the one guy in the lineup who didn't have a hit today, did get hit twice, including driving in the first run of the game. But that slot feels, hey, late in the game, down a run, couple of guys on base. I got a lefty bat like Dom Smith on my bench. I've got Brandon Nimmo on my bench. I know tonight he wasn't fully healthy. That's certainly a guy to pinch hit for. Outside of that, you know, I don't know if you're ever really pinch hitting for anybody else in this lineup unless it's a J.D. Davis matchup situation. Either way, fun to have baseball back. It feels very, very good to watch baseball again. 
and it feels really, really good to win on opening day. 1-0. And here's the dream, and I have said this many, many, many times, though no one probably remembers. I always dream of being the 84 Tigers, the team that gets off to such a ridiculous start, you can win your division two months into a season. So I'm not predicting 35-5, and I'm just saying, early in any season, if my team gets off to a good start, I start to daydream about that. So we'll see if they can keep it going against the Washington Nationals. But get to talk a little Met baseball. We may uh, do an exclusive Met podcast. We're working on that as opposed to just random Evan Roberts podcast. So I'll keep you posted about that. But definitely check out Craig and I after the Yankee game on Friday. And obviously Monday through Friday, 2 o'clock on the fan. Thanks for listening to this Instant Reaction Edition. Mets win opening day. Evan Roberts podcast.